Hello and welcome to this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. As always, my name is Lee Carlo, your host, your grand host. And I am here with one Jeremy Fisk and the other Chapin Hemingway. Boys, how are you? I just did your whole intro I saw while that. you were doing it. Pretty impressive. People couldn't see it, but on video, we yeah. have it, and he got it word for word. Didn't mess up anything. Amazing. This week, we're going to be discussing the new film in theaters and on HBO Max, King Richard, starring Will Smith, directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. And we'll probably try to catch up a little bit on um, anything else that we've been watching, any fixy considerations that have entered the running as we move closer and closer to that epic date in February in Las Vegas for the seventh annual Fixie Awards. What's going on? Everybody okay? They got a call. Said there was trouble in the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you all need to look around. It's a little wet for practice, don't you think? Don't the girls have schoolwork to do? They do their homework. Tundi's first in her class. Lynn and Isha are too. Now I don't even mind you saying we hard on these kids. You know why? Because we are. That's our job, to keep them off these streets. You want to check on the kids? Let's check on the kids. We got future doctors and lawyers, plus a couple tennis stars in this house. The chances of achieving the kind of success that you're talking about is just very, very unlikely. Okay, you're making a mistake, but I'm going to let you make it. Watch them hit a few balls. All right. So tell me your names again. I'm Venus. I'm Serena. So what'd you think? Okay. So King Richard, guys, by all intents and purposes, is a sports movie. So I thought that we could start there within that genre because, you know, it's loaded with movies, good, bad, and great. What did you Um, say? Sports movies. Okay. Got it. Um... And, you know, I think, you know, I like a sports movie in general. I think rarely are they great, although there are some great ones. I think oftentimes they are good, but it's very easy to kind of just make them mediocre. And without, you know, you can use specific examples if you'd like, and then we can roll this into your thoughts on where King Richard fits. But I'd like to know what you guys look for in a sports movie uh for them to separate themselves, for them to maybe be great or above average or good or, or what some of your favorites are and why. Hmm. I did not think you would go there with this question. So um, sports movies are tough, though. Like they're just they're difficult because we all sort of know the outcome beforehand. If we're sports fans, especially they don't make a sports movie about, you know, last year's Milwaukee Bucks. Like, right. <laughs> you know, they they do it about the, the more uh, famous and memorable sports teams and sports figures of all time. So you know where they're going. When it's a documentary and you want to kind of just relive it, if you're the, a fan of that sport or person or whatever it may be, then that's just sort of crack for a fan. But a, a fictional film is a little bit more difficult to engage audiences because um, of its predictability. Uh, I, I would say the, the good sports movies make it about the characters 
and give you something new and a um, plot line that revolves around individuals that you you may not have known before and maybe they're even making up. It doesn't really matter. As long as they can engage you, then that's what's important. I like that answer. Um, I think it's... Go ahead. Go ahead, Chapin. Take a, take a sip. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, here's a, like an example. It would actually be like, I don't even know if you call it a sports movie, but Moneyball is interesting because it sure, yeah. revolves around that character of Billy Bean and what he, he did to baseball to change it um, more than... Even though it's a true story... You don't really, you don't really know the true story of Billy Bean before you see that, but it is super engaging because it's 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 surrounding what he his character, his relationships, and what he's doing in a sport that um ups yeah, the stakes. Not specifically whether the Oakland A's win or lose. Right? That's who cares? Nobody less... cares. And if the filmmakers also don't care, then that makes for a more interesting movie and like also like something like raging bull if you want to call that a sports movie i mean that's really i mean yes jake lamato was real it is a sports movie it's about boxing but you're taking that character and sort of exploring the the dark side of their life and the boxing sort of secondary the boxing becomes more poetry than it does about the sport which I think you know, very few filmmakers pull, can pull off, and uh, of course, *Raging Bull* is, I mean, in my opinion, one of the best top ten movies of all time. I remember there was this. Uh, I remember being obsessed with a couple of VHS tapes when I was a young a young lad, and one of them was uh, uh, a VHS on the NBA Dream Team, the one the Olympic Olympics mm-hmm. basketball team in nineteen ninety four two ninety two Barcelona. Um, and it was, you know, I think they had made it before, you know, in preparation for the Olympics. And it was, uh, basically like mini little biographies of each player, you know, and especially with that team and basketball in general, I think, um, uh, and uh, maybe American sports in general, like there always tends to like the, the sort of rags to riches story is kind of pretty, is, is pretty famous and, um, uh, prevalent amongst people, you know, like it's kind of their big break to get out of, you know, their low means situations. And I just remember loving that, like seeing Larry birds, you know, the, the, the like hoop in Indiana where Larry bird grew up or, you know, whatever. Um, and so I think when I, when I go, when we watch these, like, you know, real life sports movies, like you said about Moneyball, it's like it's nice to see sort of behind the scenes. Like what what were these like? And and that that sort of narrative of rags to riches, the sort of you know way out of the ghetto, you know, or the or the you know the the poor t- small town in the middle of America, is a common narrative. And so, um, yeah, I mean, to me, that's kind of what maybe not necessarily what I look for, but what I expect from these movies. Um, and I find them inspirational and it's always nice to see that. And especially in a sport like in this film in tennis where, um, you know, it's not a sport. It's a sport that costs a lot of money as we find out to, to, to train in. And, and 
Um, it's, you know, another level of that is kind of an unlikely, um, unlikely circumstances and, 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 you know, working against the, uh, the odds. And I think the circumstances of, you know, two poor black girls trying to make it in tennis is, is a good example of that. Yeah. But it's not really, this movie isn't about them either, but. Okay. And I think, I think that's where this movie tries to be different. It's really not about Venus and Serena. Right, it's about their father, Richard. So the other uh, the other thing I would add, just in terms of something I'd look for in a sports movie to separate itself, is just the filmmaking in general and how where that compares to other films within the genre. But we can come back to that. Uh, let's let's dig into the character piece, the thing that both of you discussed. Um, how did King Richard work? Was there enough, you know, interesting things about these characters to separate itself from your average sports movie? Um, I don't think so. <clears throat> like it, it try, like I said, it tries to be less about Venus and Serena, which I think is smart because we we all know. Spoiler alert: they they're really good. They're really really <laughs> good at tennis. Um, so that that aspect of it, it the stakes become minimal, and they tried to make it about their father, um, Richard Williams, who is certainly a unique character. But in my opinion, this, if you're going to do that, you got to sort of explore, you have to, you have to delve into the realism of it. This, this movie feel or felt a little glossy in my opinion, and it felt like a vehicle solely for Will Smith, um, more than anything Which else. It's weird. It, like these are becoming way too common, right? Like the Freddie Mercury movie, like the Bohemian Rhapsody movie was kind of the same way, yeah. right? Like not a very good movie wrapped around what, you know, many consider to be a good performance. As a filmmaker, you need to decide like the import, like what's the anchor of the film and why is it that? For this film, the anchor clearly was Will Smith's performance as this character. And is that ever been enough to save a film? Just anchoring a film around one performance? No. Well, you know my feelings on that, um, which I suspect was maybe where you expected I was going to go with the beginning of this conversation, to bu- the biopic nature of this of this movie. But um, Jeremy, you mentioned something that, you know, I think is interesting about this movie, like not like you, you, you called it glossy, but, and maybe that's true, but like, it's just such a, it's such a PG 13 portrayal of things like, and by glo- I guess by glossy, I meant like sort of paint by numbers. Oh, so I'm thinking something entirely different and that may, that may aspect may be true also, but you know, I think about these scenes early in the film in Compton where we're supposed to get a glimpse of where these people came from. And nice. Did you think it was bad? I mean, you got no, one it seemed gang. Nice. It seemed nice. It was a park and then the oh, yeah. house seemed okay. nice. Yeah, and like there was one no... gang that <laughs> you get this one gang that gives him trouble. And in the most cliche way imaginable. And then we flash forward a little later. And now, you know, now they see that, you know, Venus and Serena are, are talented and they're really just going to be there to protect them which we see them do in the awful way with John Bernthal later on. But like, to me, it felt like this movie never really wanted to 
dive headfirst into the real challenges these people faced. Instead, it kind of wanted to give us the, you know, I don't know how what else to call it, the PG-13 version, the very light version of that. And as a result, the stakes of that were gone because, yeah, there's no stakes in what happens with Venus and Serena Williams. We know their story. Um, so we need stakes with the the character of, of Richard Williams and the the ghetto in Compton where they came from, but that's not created well at all. It doesn't feel dangerous. It doesn't feel real. I've always said that like if you want your audience to if you want your audience to understand what characters went through, we need to see in a visceral way what characters went through. You can't just try to say like, oh look, there were gangs here by yeah. showing one car playing loud music with a bunch of black people in it. I mean the the one thing I will give it, and I don't know if it was Will Smith or the director or writer, but I mean, he is an interesting character for sure. Oh yeah, like I do think that is um, something I I've never seen before and 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 super unique. But yeah, I mean, the closest we got was that one scene. The closest we got to what you're talking about, Lee, was that one scene where he looked like he was gonna go and kill that guy yeah <laughs> I, I doubt that ever happened <laughs> yeah um yeah look the the one one thing i really did like about this movie is that you with this character of richard williams you know we see this sort of you know obsessed parent kind of crazy parent of of you know prodigy like athletes and the story in many ways played on some of those stereotypes and the thing, you know, I, I know like Tiger Woods dad was, was similar uh, in the way that he taught his and taught Tiger to play golf. And, you know, if you've seen, you know, the recent HBO documentary on that, you kind of see some of the same things, but what's, what was really kind of nice about this movie is just like how caring he was and, like what his real intentions were like he and his wife are always saying have fun out there that's the most important thing to have fun doing this you know they they are focused on making sure that they are well-rounded individuals and that they get good grades and all these things that like even though some of them are cliche it was kind of a nice touch and it did separate this character from kind of what i was expecting so that worked that was good enough and you're right jeremy it's an interesting character and Look, like, you know, Will Smith is good in this movie. I mean, we can debate what this performance really is in terms of, you know, good performance, good impersonation, whatever. But, you know, he is good at capturing this really kind of unique, odd spectrum-like, maybe he doesn't have all his marbles, caring, determined guy. Like, he pulls that off. Yeah, I mean, if we're putting our cards on the table, I thought Will Smith was really good in this. I, I really enjoyed his performance. I thought he did, like, if it wasn't for him, this movie would be almost unbearable to watch, to be honest. Like, I thought he really, really did a good job. Yeah, I think so. I mean, people people are saying he's going to win the Oscar. I don't know if it's the best performance of the year or if it'll... <clears throat> land on any of our fixie lists. I think if it does, it'll be a little disappointing. What do you guys think? I mean, maybe number five, but look, I so I I watched this movie and I was like, this is a good performance. But when I when I think about 
or when I'm watching these movies during fixie season, like I know immediately when I see a performance that will make my list. And this just didn't have that gut feeling. I was watching. I'm like, this is a good performance. He's doing a good job. He's capturing this character. But I wasn't like right there. One of the best performances of the year. It just didn't feel like that to me. I could see it making my my uh, nominees. You're more forgiving of the biopic performances, I think, Jeremy. But Chapin, what are your thoughts on um, on this movie capturing, you know, what you guys are looking for in a sports movie? Does it succeed in any way for you? No, I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I, I actually kind of enjoyed watching it. But um, look, I, I think about a movie like Moneyball, which I don't think is exactly a sports story, but I think but it is. I mean, you know, I think this movie has a lot of similarities to that, not necessarily in quality, but just in like. Right. It's production. But I look, I hate to be prescriptive. I don't really want to do that. But I do think that this story is a would would have been a great um way of exploring nature versus nurture in in, in the sporting world. Oh, yeah. Right? Like I mean, these are the number one and the number two female tennis players of all time. And they're sisters that are one yeah. year apart. Now, is that because they're genetically gifted? Or is that because they were driven by their father at a, you know, is it, you know, are they a product of their father or are they a product of genetics or are they a product yeah. of their own hard work? And yeah, like this movie you know, doesn't touch that. It doesn't. Yeah. It you, doesn't. you never get that. To, and that was like the nagging thing I had on this. It's like, I wanted to, if you're going to do a movie about why the greatest athletes of their sport became the greatest athletes of their sport i wanted to know i wanted some sort of answer to that question and it we just got it never, jeremy he planned it yeah yeah there's just <laughs> never it was never there it was just like th- those kids and maybe they were like this but those kids were so laissez-faire about everything and they were sort of just like yeah all right, sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah. And then he was just like, oh, I'm going to go to Pete Sampras's house and drop my kids off. And then the coach is going to get, and I just like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I wanted more of the, uh, like the, the actual, it was an interesting time in Richard's life, but I don't know if it's the most interesting time in Serena and Venus's life. Right. Like, um, Maybe. No. I don't know. Um, but no, I think, I mean, you could go, if you want to look at them, you can explore like the times when they're professionals and like, are, uh, there's all this like debate about when they played each other, were they actually ever really trying? And like, there's, I think the dynamic between the two of them when they got to such an elite level is interesting story for them. I think it's right to tell the story of Richard Williams and not Venus sure, and Serena. Sure. I mean, but, but I, your I, point is great. Like, why not explore that idea? Nature versus nurture. That's brilliant. I, and and look like like there are other elements too like for example they're the oldest daughter um so the three elder daughters that are featured in this movie are are her are the mother's kids not mm-hmm. richards um and the oldest it was murdered um really yeah oh, so so the the eldest one who shows up there at the end she's got like she's she's got like long hair and she was their assistant and, you know, obviously their half sister and very close to them and worked for them, was like an employee of them and was sitting with her boyfriend in a car in Compton and was killed. And like that's a, it was, you know, they, it, it was an accident. I mean, no, not an accident. It, she wasn't like deliberately murdered, but like someone was shooting at them. And 
Um, you know, like literally yeah. she was a casualty of exactly what Will Smith as Richard Williams is talking about in this movie. Like, like literally just being a bystander living in Compton is, is a danger and they lost their sister, their big, their eldest sister to the same thing. And it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, was this the best time to focus on to tell, to tell the story? Well, Cause let's be honest. Like, like, I don't know. I can't think of a lot of movie. I can't think of a lot of stories that are told twice in Hollywood, right? Like this is an amazing, an amazing accomplishment, an amazing, um, extraordinary sort of coincidence, not a coincidence, but like occurrence that these two sisters one year apart are, 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 you know, dominated this sport. It's so hard to be one of those people, much less two. It's like one in a billion and, and they did it. And, there's so much to their story that's interesting. And I don't know. I don't think this is the most interesting part of it. And hmm. frankly, I don't know that it's the most interesting part of, 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 of Richard Williams either. I mean, this is a guy who had an, an entire other family before he met these people. Yeah. Hmm. And I think, I think it should have addressed that because like the only thing, the only like sort of dark areas of, of Richard Williams we get is like when the wife and him are arguing in there that's not even big ar- i mean it's not even terrible argument but like literally just you talking about like every other kid in this that is completely ignored is not richard's kids that should be addressed and like you said the the other he had an he had a son apparently they briefly talk about no, he that, had that five he had, kids before before he yeah so like that's all if you're gonna do the 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 richard williams story that's a giant part of it he's not just he didn't start where he just became this quote unquote great dad for these two amazing tennis players and it ended once they become pro like that's there was so much more for them to explore and actually make this character a little bit more well-rounded so i think that's true But without being prescriptive, what this movie did focus on, I think just had like just way too many issues with like taking its own self seriously. Like what was that scene where the social services comes to the house? Like, come on, like give us more credit as an audience. Like you talk about what happened in real life with their sister being murdered in Compton. How come we don't get to see that Compton in this movie? Oh, we saw a drive by a wide shot of a drive by this is a real real dangerous place that that to me felt like if you and me jeremy when we were in high school made yeah. a movie about people in compton like that that was what that looked like to me this i mean no I, i'm very there. curious where they actually shot that too i think it was in la it's all it was all shot in la yeah um so i want to talk a little bit about the like the filmmaking in this movie, but I, I'm curious, Chapin. I don't know if you, um, if you listen to it. I know you listen to the big picture, and I don't want to necessarily. I don't always like to bring up like their their reviews of movies versus ours. But Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins are are critics that I respect, and they had Bill Simmons on to review this movie, and the three of them gushed over this movie. That's top weird. To That's bottom, That's every weird. I didn't know I had second didn't to of that. it. Hmm. And I'm just, and I was listening to it after I saw this, and I was getting so mad because I honestly don't believe that they believed what they were saying. <laughs> because there's too many issues with this movie 
to talk about it so fondly. There's some what good things they, about it. But what were they saying? Like, where were they gushing about? I mean, what part of this as so if you again, a movie's a movie, a movie, like what part of this as a film, as film cr- critics, did they love? So this movie was shot by Robert Elswit, PTA's cinematographer. They had a lot of positive things to say about how it looked. I thought it was relatively uninterestingly shot. I agree. Um, I think there was some good stuff in the tennis scenes sometimes, but those scenes went on way too long most of the time, so those got boring. Um, but they loved that. They loved Will Smith. Um, you know, they loved every, all the actors in it. They thought the story was great. They think they... I, I don't know. Like, sometimes they... Sometimes I feel like that the ringer and the big picture has maybe gotten a little too big for its britches where they can't honestly criticize a movie. I mean, they followed up the review with fantasy's interview with the director. So Mm. sometimes I wonder, um, but you know, they also have, have not been shy in the past about saying when there are mistakes made and when things could have been better, but they just didn't seem to want to do that. Um, so I was curious, Chapin, if you had listened to that, if you had any thoughts, I haven't, no, um, what did you guys think of the filmmaking here? I mean, I think it had some flourishes, but for the most part, it was pretty, I mean, to borrow your term, Jeremy, it was a little paint by number. There was nothing overly exciting about it. It looked I, good, yeah. but I, I, I mean, look like, like I'm a sucker as I'm sure the two of you are for a good sports montage. And I thought this, the tennis sequences in this were well filmed. Um, I kind of liked the movie Wimbledon, uh, with <laughs> Kirsten Dunst Paul and Paul Bettany. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like tennis isn't something that's always filmed a lot, and so it's. I thought I thought the sequences were done very actually quite well. I think in small bursts, game. that's true. Yeah, um, but was no, I didn't really think cool the shots, filmmaking but... was was <clears throat> exceptional. I, I thought the 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 young actresses who played Venus and Serena were really good. They were really good. Yeah, um, I thought the mother was good. I thought that you know in general the dialogue and the sort of the family dynamics were were well written. Um, I like John Berenthal too, who I don't typically like. Yeah, he was funny and, you know, uh, uh, sort of, uh, you know, cast against type. Um, but yeah, like, like, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, I kind of go back to that same thing. Like, why, why is this the period you wanted to tell, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that much about their, their story. And I, 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 I was not into tennis when Venus and Serena were, you know, doing what they did, but, um, you know, it's, it, and maybe I'm missing something and, uh, but, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, there just well, like, wasn't that much there, you know, there well, wasn't a lot point. that yeah. happened, you know, like, like, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think part of your problem with this, the, the part of their life that was told is that in a very, what I thought, slow moving two hours and 25 minutes what changed like right we kind of just saw them bounce around from trainer to trainer but like didn't necessarily see them getting better at tennis didn't see much change just kind of saw their life from point a to point b yeah they were they were always good at tennis from the day they stepped on the court and started competing which is probably the case and to your point lee like this this was this should have been an hour and a half movie. There's no reason this should it's have been long, a two man. and, and a half was, hour movie. It was for slow what? too. I couldn't believe I was a half hour in. I thought I'd been watching for an hour, and it is unlike a movie like this to feel that slow. But it did, and that, that was strange to me. But you're right. Hour and I a mean, half 
hour this, 45. This movie was just waiting for those, like it was just trying to milk those moments where um, Richard sort of was able to break down in front of his daughters. Like that, it was just, it was just waiting for that. And it, the buildup was so long to get there that you almost, you almost didn't care by that point. But so it's there's the same a mo- scene over and over again. Yeah. There's, well, I'm specifically thinking of the moment when he finally decides to let her play tennis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he goes and he does this whole speech about how his dad ran away from him when he was beaten. And here you're, it's your opportunity now. I don't want to run away, which I never, I didn't really understand. He, he, he didn't strike me as a guy that was going to be like, oh, it's time for you to play tennis now and, and run away after all that. Um, so I didn't really quite understand that speech. But the buildup to that took so long that it took away from the the impact of that moment. Yeah, I agree. I, and, the, and the more we talk about it, the more I'm thinking like, God, what? And I'm glad you brought it up, Chapin, because I'm like, what was different about the scenes, the half hour of scenes with the with Tony Goldwyn as Paul Cohen as their coach to the scenes with Rick Mossy as their coach. Like, what was the difference? What were we seeing that was different? In and why the family was it, dynamics, the tennis, nothing. It was all the same. And honestly, like, why was everyone putting up with him? Like, that's the part that it wasn't showing. I mean, like, yeah, I guess we were clearly, supposed to just believe that they wanted to cash in on venus and serena yeah but we never really got that like we like we just had to believe it we just had to believe that they were seeing something from these girls for no reason because they're not playing tennis matches that they're so good from from literally hey let's hit some balls back and forth oh you you got you got the best in the world the next michael jordan so i was like how do you no, that's impossible to know. It's like asking it's like asking a young Tom Brady just toss me the ball. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's no defense and like you're gonna be able to do it. And you're gonna be like, Oh, well, there's there's the greatest quarterback of all time. Like you just it doesn't it doesn't make sense really. And that's the part that I think was hurt this movie in its stakes is because everybody was just there was no stakes of whether they were going to make it even within if you didn't even know who these people were I don't think you would worry about whether they were going to make it because apparently all they have to do is hit the ball back and forth a few times and everybody's just like well yeah no no come to Florida I'll pay for everything I'll pay for your house I'll do everything for you for years because clearly they're the best yeah, it would have been no a great pushback. There would have been a great movie if they were terrible. <laughs> um, well, that's what happens in the, that movie. Well, see, they're not terrible at that movie, Sugar, um, which is uh, Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden that did Half Nelson. Yeah, but and it's about you know these athletes that come from Central America, these baseball players that come from Central America, you know, are drafted by these teams, go through the minor league systems and stuff, and then just like all the ones that don't make it. Um, but like everybody's like bending over backwards to get them there and set them up and pay them and all this stuff. And then they just don't make it. See, to um, me, that's a much, much more appealing story. It's, good. it's a good movie. Yeah. There's no pushback. Like there's that one scene with Kevin Dunn where he's just like, 
what you said, like, oh, the odds of you having two of the greatest ever, it's like a million to one. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. No one's going to take that that bet. But this is a biopic, guys, right? This movie can't focus on anything. It It's too long. It's centralized around a performance. It doesn't really know what it wants to be about. The stakes aren't there. Like, it's it's classic biopic formula that just doesn't work. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I agree with that or not. Um, there we'll tell, you go. Well, tell me why. <laughs> well, tell me why. Well, there you have the analysis. <laughs> well, I just. I just don't think it's a biopic. Why not? I mean, I think it is. I think but... it's a sports movie. I th- well, it can be both. If it's right? if it's a biopic, it's it's Richard's biopic. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's it can be a bi. I mean, yeah. I what? I guess it's it's Richard's biopic, so it's not necessarily on Venus and Serena. You knew you were going to need two, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you bring a second one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's already prepared. Okay, what else, guys? I mean, I, I feel like our discussion sort of... Well, can uh, we... Can we? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, no. Go ahead. Well, I can we know. talk about Will Smith as an actor? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Good good point. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I thought he was good in this. I, honestly, when I think about his best performance, I think about I Am Legend. <laughs> I love him in that. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think he's got extraordinary charisma. But I don't know. Is he a is he a great actor? Is he I one of the greats? I don't think that. I here's my thing is is with Will Smith, and this is maybe the only exception. Is this movie? I don't like when he really tries. When he starts hmm. really trying, it it bothers me and it throws me off. I like the Will Smith, the casual Will Smith. I don't think up until now he's had the chops. Because when he starts really trying, you can see him trying, and I don't think that's a that's that's a mark of a very good actor. He's not bad, but you can see like, oh god, Molly, you know, okay. like. Get, I actually uh, think get, that's a good I, good take because you think about movie. I didn't see Concussion, but like that's another another movie where he's just like really going for it and being somebody else, but. You know, I think about movies like Men in Black, and which I love. Which I mean, I, love, I think he's, I love he's him perfect like, for. Yeah, and, that's what he's perfect for. Yeah, and I I love him in I Am Legend. I think if there's a movie that he is not necessarily playing himself, that's a that's a really great performance. And I think he is good in Ali, and I think he is good in this. Like, I, I struggle so much with these types of performances because, like, I think this is his best performance. On one hand, they don't. I, I don't find it as impressive to, you know, do this type of performance to like just totally transform yourself and just mimic, you know, body language and things like that. I don't know that that's as impressive to me as someone who just totally, you know, takes over a movie. <clears throat> but he is good in this. He does all of those things really well and really convincingly. And I do think he kind of does lose himself in the role, which I give him credit for, because it's not something he's ever really done. Um, he's tried to. I don't think he's ever done it before. 
I think in Ali, I, he does a good job. No, I think Ali is, is he's fine, but I just can see him. I can see him. I can see the thought process. I can see him. I can see the training behind it. I can see it all adding up to the the desire for it to be a great performance, but he's never he never quite clicks on that next level. Yeah, the, I think he's I think he's best served in in situations where he isn't um, where the movie isn't sort of up to his acting standards. You know, where his his abilities are kind of a standout. Like you know, Independence like Day, Independence Day, or or I mean, you know, I, I think I Am Legend's a good movie, but kind of a, a kind of a, you know, a, I think it's a great movie, but like a movie, do, do like, not uh, underestimate, do not underrate I Am Legend. I watched Gemini Man, which is not a good movie, but like he's really good in it, and and can just elevate, like kind of, but and, and and he just, I don't know, it just it just makes those type of movies more. Um, substantial but then you know his he's kind of like like ryan reynolds okay well i hate ryan reynolds so that's a bad example but um <laughs> I, that's I, how i feel about ryan reynolds but like if you like you put him in a movie like you know focus or oh, actually did i yeah uh or you know like like these movies where he's not playing the the independence day role you know where he's not doing the Will Smith thing, but he's not doing the Ali slash King so like Richard he, thing. I think that's where he's best served, like trying really hard and working and doing doing good work, but in a movie that may not quite warrant it, <laughs> like a like Here, Aladdin. Here's my thing about acting: is I don't I don't want to see you trying. I, I agree. I agree, and yeah, I think of course, I, and that's it's absolutely true. It's too. It's like it says something about you as an actor where you look like, like you're, you're like uh, any, any performer is going to, to, to treat men in black three differently than Ollie. Right. But you know, the, the differences between, I'm going to look at some people in men in black three. Cause I bet there's some people in there. That's not true. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like someone like Josh Brolin or Tommy Lee Jones are not that much different than they were like the difference between those two in, um, Men in Black Three and uh, No Country, no Country for Old Men is not as yeah. different than Will Smith from that movie to Ali. Like he's a totally yeah, different true. actor. Funny. He's using like a totally different set of skills, and you know he's a personality. And like I, I think he's got a little bit of like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, right? Like like does he want to be? And it's and it's kind of defined his career. Does he want to be this like movie star kind of persona? Um, you know, who dominated the Memorial Day weekend in the late nineties or or the July fourth weekend, whatever it was, or or is he a, a serious actor? And I don't I think I don't think I, he's committed himself these, to either of them. I think all these movie stars struggle with that, except for maybe like Tom Cruise. In and even he he does. Like <clears throat> like I yeah, think but, they all but, kind of want to balance those things. I think but I think Tom Cruise understands what or or rather maybe the filmmakers around him understand what he has to offer and you know i think when he's like his role in magnolia is a tom cruise role yeah yeah no that's a good point like tom cruise is never gonna try to try to play jay edgar or try to play like the leo type role he's gonna play a version of him not of himself but like he's gonna play something that's in his wheelhouse yes 
he can still be great, and I think he's a great actor. But you know, like you think about Tom Cruise's best roles, they're still like Magnolia, Minority Report, stuff like that. He it is still still doable for him, and I think that yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So, Jeremy, do you think do you see Will Smith trying in King Richard? No, that's what I was impressed. Because I by think this. that I do, I, even though he I, loses I, himself, like. I see it a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I see it a little bit, but it didn't. It it wasn't fully there, and yeah. because of that, <laughs> I'll give him a little bit more credit. And I will. I I sort of lost myself in him being this character more than I lost myself in him trying to be this character. I will say I liked watching this character of Richard Williams. Like it was sort of mesmerizing. Like just kind of the way he behaved and talked and kind of the sometimes like the nonsensical things he'd be saying and like his stubbornness and all, all of that stuff I, I thought was, was actually, I don't know, like kind of fun to watch and just like really, but mostly really interesting to watch, even if it didn't work in the big picture of this movie. That in and of itself, I found engaging. Uh, so, while, you're, <clears throat> while you're saying that, I sort of, I, I'm kind of realizing what I wanted out of this character that I didn't get was another identity because there's not a scene or a moment in this movie that really isn't about his plan for his daughters. What are you talking I, about? When he goes, he's going to shoot the guy. But that's part of the do- – that's because of his daughters. <laughs> I guess, but I was going to no, say that actually is just such a bad scene. That... It is, but let's ignore that. It's what I'm trying to say is like I wanted – I wanted like – him to it doesn't have to be bad or good like i i i needed him to, maybe he's a maybe he tries to like do magic on the side or like yeah. he he's a gambler or he accidentally gets caught looking at porn like i needed some i needed a scene that wasn't just about the plan for his daughters because without that that extra scene, he's literally just yeah. That's all his all flaws is. are all his flaws are like good intentioned flaws, right? Which which gives him less. Depth. And again, it all goes back to the same thing. You need a character that has some sort of other thing going. Like I'm sure he went to McDonald's sometimes by himself and like ate a few big men like I need it like not every every scene in this movie had something to do to service the aspect of the story of his daughters or what if there's more he has more trouble with these gangs in Compton or something maybe that's what they were trying to do there like he's like oh you got beat up beat up again or something but like maybe maybe he's got a short temper or something like also take some creative license if you need to and I don't blame Will Smith for this. This is what was in the script, this two and a half hour script. But like, there need there need <laughs> there needed to be something else for him. Like he that that's that's taking a great performance and kind of making it one dimensional a little yep. bit. Even the arguments with his wife, all like you said, Lee, all the flaws they still had to do with the daughters. That can't be. We can't just watch a slice of life that just weaves between everything else and only hits the the points in which had to do with him raising his 
two daughters and nobody else. And that's what this movie felt like, that we just jumped from point to point to point, and we just missed all this stuff in between, and it didn't sort of round out the character or the movie. Well, you know, he, he sounds like an interesting character in real life. Like he had, we, we saw the images of, of the real life Richard Will, Williams at the end where he's holding these kind of holding like a, a dry erase board and with, with like a bunch of sayings written on it. And, you know, the idea of like kind of upsetting that stuffy, quiet, uh, tennis atmosphere, you know, with this kind of big personality, but I, it, they don't explore that. You know, they don't explore that at all. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies that kind of deserves to be released on HBO Max. <laughs> well, supposedly it was uh, featured on the 2018 Blacklist, which is the uh, annual list of well-received, unproduced screenplays. So nobody, nobody wanted to make it for a couple of years. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, should we discuss? So we've seen a few other films. Should we try, uh, Let's do it. discuss them? Yeah. Taping French Dispatch. Yeah, I saw French Dispatch on Monday, um, and uh, I don't think it's a film worth reviewing. That isn't to say it's you know to say it good or bad, but I don't know. There, there's a tremendous amount to talk about it beyond just kind of the Wes Anderson of it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know. Uh, the movie's kind of a mess, I would say. Um, there's these, you know, sort of, it's a sort of a saga. Um, basically, it's using the layout of a literary magazine, I think, or a publication, The French Dispatch, to tell a bunch of different stories. And so that kind of, like, um, manic energy that is in a lot of his movies is, like, poignant throughout and is very hard to follow in my opinion and and it's hard to sort of understand you know if he's doing anything what what Wes Anderson wants to do with this movie um but you know it's got the usual it's got some great acting some you know really funny dialogue clever stuff i thought the production design was incredible um but yeah it's 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 very manic and 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 challenging to follow um and by the end of it i was kind of like you know, looking at my watch, waiting for it to end, because I just, I, I kind of was, it was, I found myself, I found it very difficult to invest anything hmm. in it. Um, and I know, you know, I know you're not a big fan of his Lee, and and I, I don't entirely disagree with you. I think sometimes, you know, the the sort of the tone and feeling of his movies are certainly an acquired taste, um, but also can be, can really kind of toe the line of going too far and really, you know, souring your impression of them. And, um, you know, movies like moonrise kingdom did that for me, for me. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so not a, not a contender, uh, for the fixies in, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Uh, I saw Belfast on Monday, which is Kenneth Branagh's, now is this a movie you want to talk about because we're not gonna movie. we're not gonna review it? I think you guys should see it. I don't know that it's one that we necessarily need to review, um, <clears throat> but you know it's it's a good movie. It's, it's a coming of age story. It takes place in the nineteen sixties in Belfast, um, and it was interesting because like there was a there were a ton of things that I really really liked about this movie, but didn't necessarily th- think were great. Does that make sense? Like. 
even though the movie wasn't necessarily capturing everything perfectly, I was really enjoying some of these moments and scenes within. So I think you guys would like it. I think it's worth seeing. Um, there's some performances that are, I think, I think are, are very worthwhile to see. Um, uh, you know, beautifully shot in black and white. And, you know, it's just kind of an interest. I think in I think it's a little bit more of an ex, it's not as good as Roma, but it's a little bit more accessible. And that's not just because it's in English, but I just think it kind of explores just like, you know, characters and themes and ideas that may just be a little bit more familiar to us, even though we didn't grow up in 1960s Ireland. But Speak I just for yourself. <clears throat> right. Jeremy, I know you did go through that and we're happy that you got out but um i uh yeah i just think it's a it's a good movie it's 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 grown on me too since just thinking more about it so worth worth seeing for sure i actually find it interesting kenneth brenna as a director because he's directed 20 movies this guy uh, exactly you don't really think of him as a director but he's done He's done a ton and a lot, you know, obviously he's he's most famous for uh, him as a Shakespearean actor, but he's also directed Thor. So it's it's really funny to think of that. I know it is weird. Um, I have not seen anything we haven't seen on Get Your Film Fix. <laughs> did you, you didn't see, watch Lamb, did you, Jeremy? You just forgot to watch it. And so we recorded without you. Correct. Uh, Lee, what else? Anything else you've seen? Uh, we, you and I, have been talked about Spencer. Um, yeah, I want to see that. Yes, that's that's um, was excellent. Really, really good. Um, I saw it last night in Soho. Um, How was that, sir? I liked it. I really did. Um, you know, it's it's one that I don't know that will hold up over time necessarily, but I think it had a lot of really good qualities, a lot going for it. It's definitely not something I've ruled out of fixy considerations by any means. Um, it just, I don't, I don't know that it, it had a ton of staying power in terms of when we look back at this year, but that doesn't necessarily mean it won't be there at the end of this year. Um, so I think that's where I'm at. Um, we've got last duel will be on Disney plus next week. So we'll be able to check that out and house of Gucci is in theaters. So I think that may be one we want to do next, guys, if we are able to. Um, I'm excited about that. And we are not that far away from Licorice Pizza. Yeah, which I found out today is going to be playing in a 70-millimeter blow-up at the Hollywood Theater yeah. here in Portland, which it's, I'm very excited about. It's also going to be a 70-millimeter at Coolidge Corner here. Which hopefully so, we can get to. So not, um, not filmed in 70-millimeter, but blown up to be... On 70 millimeter, which is cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. You can check us out on Instagram hmm. when we post this <laughs> this podcast. Um, we, we may have uh, uh, something exciting dropping on Instagram relatively soon, but we'll um, uh-huh. leave that up to the imagination. Uh, email us at feedback at getyourfilmfixpodcast.com with your voice memos. Let us know your favorites of the year, what you've been watching, and what you think of our reviews. And until next time, Chapin Hemingway, Jeremy Fisk, Lee Carlo, bid you adieu. I'm staying. 
finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee. It's a god awful small affair.